like we needed more chili contestants. So it's not too late. If you want to bring a chili, uh, we've seen, you know, like a, a, I guess it's white chili, like a white broth chili. And then we've seen the normals. We've seen hot and spicy and then mild. And, and I remember last year there was one, I don't even know who made it, but it was screaming for a hot dog. Boy, you could just... Anyway, there you know. So if you go, if you got a great chili recipe, bring it, man. Put it, sign up and and bring that out there. And there are prizes, and actually, there's some good prizes that are going on throughout the, the day today. So I want to encourage you. I think the weather's supposed to be great, so uh, you might want to bring a lawn chair or a camping chair or something, so you have something to sit on and all that kind of wonderful stuff. And uh, you know, as a main attraction, you know, Rick will be there with his huge man cooker it's it's awesome i don't know i'm telling you i think food network should interview rick and just like how'd you make that but this pretty sweet you, he's got a bicycle chain on it that rotates stuff if he wants he's he's got it all but anyway we're gonna have a great time there'll be a campfire and just just come and enjoy and this is where pastor kim and i we love that because i get to actually go around and just meet people i haven't had a chance to really talk to or just sit down and and, uh, you know, if you're lucky and we're, we're blessed, we might even have Rob Shrek's no-bake peanut butter cookies. I said that the one week. I don't know. Is Rob here? Oh, there he is. Hi, Rob. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many people make good stuff. It's just, it's, it's probably not the best diet time for you, but it'll be a fun time. So we're, we're excited about that. Always love Harvest Party. And uh, we're just excited. God's good. I want to talk to you this morning about, uh, this is a faith message, just I want to talk about taking charge. I'll get Mallory's mic thing out of the way. There. Uh, so uh, I, want to, I want us to understand something. This message I'm telling you is, you're going to say, you might say, I don't know, he's talking to me. I'm talking to me. I hope I'm talking to you. You look like you're going to be listening, so I, I hope so. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's one thing to talk about faith. Isn't it another thing to do it or to walk in it? And so I want us to, I want to, there's only really two, two thoughts I'm going to give you today. So it's not going to take real long, but, but yet there's so, there's so much in those that it's just amazing. So I'm hoping that you leave today going, mind blown, that kind of stuff. So I want to review a little bit from a few weeks ago, just to kind of pull us back on the same train together. Because this is not the Polar Express. So we're all going to go here together. We're, we're talk, we, we've talked about your word. In other words, what you say has to be converted to faith. The words that you say. How many knows life and death is in your mouth? What you say has to be converted to faith. So the words that you use. See, sometimes people are like, it doesn't matter what I say. It does matter what you say. God says, actually, you know, he takes notes. He knows every idle word. He knows what we say. It's recorded. So the mountain, what's in front of you, your mountain might be different than mine. It might be, you know, yours might be financial. It might be healing. Whatever the enemy has put in front of you, your mountain obeys your faith. And so then you speak the desired result. How many knows God's word doesn't come back void? In other words, it goes out and does what it's supposed to. It doesn't come back null, negated, unless we negate it with our own mouth. All right, so if we're going to speak to the mountain and my, my words are, go into faith, then I've got to speak what God says. And if I can agree with God, mountains move, mountains dissolve. 
And we don't have to look at that mountain anymore. So listen to this. What realm the devil ends up tempting you in is in the natural realm. And your answer is in the spiritual realm. So he gets us in the natural, in the five sense realm, but our answer is in the spiritual. And the world deals with all of their problems on the level of the natural. We we think about the fig tree. Remember Jesus cursing the fig tree? The world deals with the leaves. They see that and they deal with that. But God deals with the spiritual, the unseen. Jesus dealt with the root. And so the leaves were a byproduct of what was happening in the spiritual. Say amen to that. So the world's going to deal with things different. We are God's people, so we go to the root of the job, the unseen. This is what Hebrews 11.3 says. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Now there may not be some things on the screen because I just added some of this Uh, I just put in and I already gave Mal my notes last week and so I put some other things in so if you don't see things up here You have to pay attention All right God uses words to create He used his word to frame the worlds Jesus uh, Or let me just let's go this way If you go to Genesis just to prove what I'm saying count how many times you see the phrase and God said And God said let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be a firmament. And God said, let the waters under the heaven gather together. And God said, let the earth bring forth. God doesn't do anything without saying it first. That's his MO. That's his mode of operation. He spoke things into existence. He said things, and they happened. Jesus did the same thing. He said, if you've seen me do this or heard me, I heard it from my Father. That's what we have to do. We have to be able to... Our mode of operation is to speak, come on somebody, to speak the word. Hear the word, get it transformed into faith, and speak that. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, and do not doubt. Faith! We have to speak it. We need to use that mode of operation. Well, pastor, I tried that. By his stripes I'm healed. I said it four times and nothing happened. Big deal. Listen, God started saying that Jesus was coming in the Garden of Eden. He said it again in Exodus. He said it again in Numbers and in Deuteronomy. He said it in Isaiah and the other prophets. He said it all through the Old Testament over and over again. Then after about 7,000 years, he, in the book of John, tells us, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's a long time. So if something's not happening, it's not God, but it's, we have to check our barometer. What are we saying? What are we believing? If we are already saying it didn't happen right now, then we've somehow we've got some doubt in there, and we're like, it doesn't work. You're stopping what God is doing. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have authority. You have authority on what's in front of you and what is around in your life. It is your authority. It is your word saying God's word transmitted or transformed into faith that speaks that mountains crumble. Mountains move. Mountains dissolve. Keep saying what you're saying. 
Keep believing what you're believing. Keep confessing what you're confessing. Keep believing it. Do not doubt. The enemy is looking for those that are doubt. Doubters. That waver. I'm telling you, it's not going to take 7,000 years. Really, it's a matter of how much we believe. You know, there's some things I prayed for and it took a long time to manifest. Other times I prayed and it seemed like it happened just like that. Some of that is just growth. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but really when we believe, there's other times I'm just like, okay, I'm saying this. I'm not so sure it's going to happen, but I'm saying it. You kind of feel like the cowardly lion. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do. And they, those, those stupid monkeys still came and carried them away. <laughs> Don't you feel like that sometimes? So <laughs> just exercising your faith and knowing and believing. It's amazing what happens. Listen to this. I wrote this, and again, this isn't here. This was all new. Revelation is comprehension imparted into our spirits from the Holy Spirit and transmitted into our minds. Now, listen to how this goes. It doesn't pass from the head to the heart. It passes from the heart to the head. Man, I'm like, that is so cool, God. In other words, sometimes you're going to believe something and it doesn't make, it doesn't compute. You know, I'm not, God, I don't even get it. How's that going to happen? I don't know how it's going to happen, but if he says it, it's going to happen. So that's all I got to believe. God, my job is to believe. It is not to figure out how. It is just to believe. I'm telling you with everything that's in me, there's been times that things we were up against the wall and Kim would be up there and I'd be up there and we'd be fighting and believing. At least we thought we were. And, and, and some stuff would happen. And Kim would, she was going to God and one of these particular things, God said, stop hindering me. Why? Because, see, we have authority. He can't go past his word. He has given us authority. We have the power to bind and loose. You have the power to stop the enemy. Did you know the resurrection spirit of Jesus that was in him lives in you? Some of us are, I'm just waiting for God to give me. He's already given it to you. If you've got Jesus, it's in there. Activate it. It's kind of like if you start believing what God has put in you, it's kind of like the yeast that makes the dough rise. All things start taking on a different... Wow, what's happening? Faith in me is rising up. Here's our first thought for this morning. Because I thought, how do we go to the spiritual realm? How do we just stay in this natural realm? How do we get to the spiritual realm? So how do we do it? Here's our first thought. Use the kingdom. Know whose you are and use your spiritual authority. Know whose you are. And, you know, my kids could come into the house and I could be doing something. They could come into the house and they could interrupt anything I was doing and say, Dad, I want you to meet my friend. And I would stop what I was doing. Let me, let me explain why. Because there's a relationship. Those are my kids. So they know who I am and who they are. And because of who they are, they, they have the right to come in. You know, we told our kids, if you're ever, something's wrong and I'm talking to somebody in church or whatever, if you ever need me, you can come up and just put your hand on my shoulder, put your hand on my arm. This is when they were smaller. And I'll stop what I'm doing and say, honey, what's wrong? What you need? Why? Because they know whose they are. 
And anything that was going on there, because of whose I am, I have the authority to help whose they are. Come on. You cannot fight your battle in the mental because the devil's got you covered in the mental. He'll play head games with you all day. Has the enemy ever played head games with you? That reminds me of a song, and I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I'm stuck in the 70s or 80s. Kim just went to a women's conference, and it was 80s. So, uh, anyway. But see, head games are part of your five senses. That's part of, you know, if you see it, if you feel it. That's, that's how a magician makes his living. He plays head games with you. It's, it's an illusion. He makes you think something else is going on when it really isn't going on or makes you think this. And I did an illustration. If I was thinking about it, I would do one now. And I used to do it. Was, it was kind of crazy. But, it, but because we, we, when we see something, we think because we saw it, we believe it. I had a glass of water and, and I had uh, what appeared to be black ink in it. And I took a tongue depressor and I dipped it in in the ink and I pulled it up and there was ink on the tongue depressor and I took it on a napkin and wiped it and showed the napkin and said this is black ink let me tell you everybody in the room said that black ink and then I put a red scarf over the the glass and I said Jesus this represents his blood and the black is our sin and all that so it's just an illustration you know and I said and so he took our sins away and I pulled the the uh the red cloth off the glass of water and the water was clear as a bell and one time I did it, I had a goldfish swimming in the water. And the people were like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Let me tell you how I did it. You ready for a magic trick illustration? So if there's any magicians watching, we love you. I'm sorry, but there's more tricks than this one. What I did was inside the glass of water to the level of the water, I put a, a dark piece of jeans that was in a circle. I put it in the, in the water and had a small black thread that came up out of the glass onto the onto the table. You can't see the thread from where you're sitting, and, and so it just looks like dark liquid. I took the tongue depressor. My wife loves those. She hates wooden sticks. So anyway, I showed the, it was clean, you know, just clear wood. I stuck it in and turned it when I put it in, because the other side I'd taken a black marker and marked on it black. And so when I pulled it up, it was all of a sudden there was black. I had already taken the marker, and I marked on the napkin. So when I took the napkin, went like that and said, now we have ink on the napkin. People are like, black ink, black tongue depressor, black napkin. That's ink. So when I put the cloth over and when I went to pull it up, the string that was on the outside of the glass, I knew where that was. So when I pulled the cloth, I grabbed the string and it was attached to the jean, which went up inside the red cloth. And I pulled it to the side. And people are like... Oh, my word. But what I'm telling you is that's what the enemy does. He gets you to look at things that you will believe. That's true. That's true. I know it's true. I saw it. When you're walking with God, you're going to believe something before you see it. Because God's going to tell you something. This is going, I'm going to work this out or I'm going to do this. Do you believe me? You see, Jesus was trying to get all the people all the time, the disciples. Who do you say that I am? What are you telling me, Peter? Who do you think I am? You see, it's who do you believe Jesus is in your life? What authority do you believe you have? Can you speak to a mountain? If you don't believe you can speak to the mountain in front of you, the mountain ain't gone nowhere. But you got to believe. And because you have the authority, the mountain has to move. 
You can have all kinds of degrees in school, but what's going to get past the devil is spiritual authority. We can get our bodies in shape. That's good. We can study. That's good. But it's our spirit. We got to feed our spirit. At the team huddle today, my wife was encouraging everybody, get into the word. Don't just eat once a week. You know, if you're a Christian, don't just, well, the only time I open my Bible, the only time I read anything in the Word is Sunday. I mean, that's better than no time, honestly. But I would rather have somebody that got into the Word just a minute or two a day than somebody that didn't get into the Word at all and then one day did it for 30 minutes. That sounds kind of harsh, but stay in touch. Get a hold of God. The Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Fallen man has a dead spirit, and he can't develop it, and we need God. That's why we need God to fight the enemy. You can't tap into your potential without God. You have to get the God in you so you can be who you're supposed to be. It's crazy. I mean, as I'm looking at this message, it's just like, oh, man. I don't know how many hunters I have in the building. Anybody like to deer hunt or squirrel hunt or anything like that? Yes. Ooh. Well, I got to spend a couple of days with Pastor Gary last, uh, last week, and my son was there. And uh, because it's not my land, I had to buy a, a de- uh, well, I didn't buy it. We weren't deer hunting, but I squirrel hunting, so I had to buy a hunting license. And I came back, had a great time, all that kind of stuff. And I came back, and I, you ever think you, you knew you did something? Sometimes in my life, I blamed her for moving something, and she never touched it. I didn't blame her this time. I have learned. Um, because she didn't touch it. You know, I, I thought for sure I put this in this basket where she has me. I put my, my coins and keys and stuff. So, you know, when I'm changing pants, pockets, and all that stuff, I put it right here. Well, I did put something in there. I put the receipt from purchasing the license. I thought I put the license there. I didn't. So I went to, you know, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get my, I want to make sure I have my license. I got the receipt. I'm like, oh, no. And I remember throwing stuff away. And I thought, dear Jesus. And this is, I mean, right away, this is just a simple thing. But the enemy's just like, you're an idiot. (laughs) I don't know how he talks to you, but I don't like him. (laughs) But you're you're an idiot. You threw that away. Now, look, you're going to have to buy a whole new license. And so I found out, you know, what happens if you did lose your license? They said it's going to cost you $4.00. To buy a new one for them to print it off. And I'm like. Well and again. I have a godly wife. And I didn't ask her this. But she would have told me this had I asked her. She would say what she always says. Pray in the spirit. Now I'm telling you this. Just so that you understand. I can't find it. In the in the normal. In the natural. Because I looked. I don't know where it is. I looked everywhere I could look. I looked in my coats i looked in my other i went in the dirty clothes and tried to find the same pants you ever do that try i'm like oh dear god i can't find it doggone it so i'm beating myself up so that's what i did i started praying in the spirit now i wasn't doing anything weird or spooky and i wasn't you know i was just in my everyday stuff just walking around i started father i know you know where that is and i just pray in the spirit if i lost it or if it can be uh, traced or it's somewhere here you show it to me if if it's not then i'll pay four dollars it's you know it's not the end of the world and within just a few moments now can i be, okay i'm telling you anyway just a few moments i get this picture in my head of this folded up paper 
in a gun safe up in our bedroom. I mean, just like that. I'm like, I know where it is. I went upstairs, opened up, and it was just as if I had seen it myself. Well, I did. I mean, he showed me where it was, and there it was. So I, I was texting Kim. She was away at that women's thing. I'm like, I found it. The Holy Spirit led it to me. You know, she's giving me a smile and a kiss and a thumbs up or something. Why? How does that happen? It's because we can't win this battle in the natural. We have to do it in the spiritual. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Look at Mark 4, 36 and 37. They took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. As soon as a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. In your life, have you ever experienced something where, like a hurricane or a tornado, or you've been somewhere, and, uh, you know, we were, when we first got married, we lived in a trailer park and lived in a trailer, 12 by 60. Gary can probably relate to that. Man, you get high winds, that whole trailer's like, hey. <laughs> I mean, we had stuff hanging on the wall, the spatulas, are bing, bing. <laughs> and, you know, she's going, are we going to be safe? And I'm just looking out the window for, that's what I mean. He's just like, I don't know. But anyway. You're going to have to get past the natural. You're going to have to start saying, okay, God, in the spiritual. Because you're, you're not going to find it in the natural. So the disciples, I'm sure this is happening. The boat's sinking, you know, and you can just picture 11, 12 guys. Or 12, they're, they're in there trying to get the water out. I don't know. Maybe they got a bucket of some kind. I don't know. But they're, you know, and the boat is sinking. It's filling up faster than they can get it out. So in our mind, we're thinking of things. Here's what we could do. Here's how we could do that. Sometimes you get a Holy Ghost idea, and that's great because the Spirit's connected. That's how you're connected with God, by the Spirit. Not, you know, that's how we stay and get those answers. But in, in times of peril, in time, we don't always think like that, do we? We don't take time to listen. We are just like, ha, ha, ha. We're like that little quail and Bambi. They're coming, they're coming. Shh, stay here. Ah, pow. The enemy, he loves that. <laughs> I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Yeah, Okay. We can't figure it out. But remember, we're not responsible for the how or to pay or whatever. We're responsible to believe. That's our job. God, I'm going to say what you tell me to say, and I'm going to believe that. How you do it, that's up to you. Verses 38 and 39 in that same chapter, Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, teacher, don't you care we're about to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Now I want you to pay attention to the sequence. That's what I want you to catch today. He rebuked the wind. Can you see the wind? You cannot see the wind. What is the characteristics? You can't see it. But Jesus went after the unseen first. Got it? He went after the unseen first. You can see the waves. But the waves are a byproduct of the what? The wind. He goes after the unseen first. When he talked to the fig tree, he went after the roots. The leaves were just product of what he'd already spoken to the... Come on. So he's going after the unseen. Then he went after the seen. So that's what we have to do. We have to come after the unseen. And we're going to do what God tells us to do. And we're going to knock this thing, this mountain. You've got to get it out of your life. Everything that God has for you, 
He's already got it. It's spiritual. Pastor, what do you mean? I'm just saying what you need, it's there. It's spiritual. You can attack and go after the natural, the seen. Buddy, I can see my tires need. They're, they're bald as Kojak. Well, that's another 70 or 80 reference, by the way. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but what we did is you can see that in the scene, but what we went after is, God, how are we going to, we need to pay that. I don't know how that's going to happen, so we go after things in the unseen. I have new tires on my car now because the other ones were slick. But now, I'm just, I'm telling you principles on what to do. But they're in the first, they're in the spiritual. You need repairs. It's in the spiritual. You start going after the things that are stopping that in the spiritual. It's already there. Everything according to life and godliness is there in the spiritual. Ephesians 1.3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Remember the woman that touched Jesus' garment? She had already made up her mind. She said, I got to get to his garment. There's all these people that are around there. The disciples are being, you know, they're, they're trying to protect him. The question was this. I had to ask myself this, and I'm going to ask you. Did she know, or did he know she was there before she touched him? She did not, or he did not. Because he turned around and said, who touched me? What I'm telling you is, and I want you to see this, her healing was there. Why? She declared by word the unseen. She can see she needed healing. She had given all her money to the doctors. She declared by faith. And Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples are like, everybody's touching you. And he says, somebody touched me because I felt something leave. My point is her healing was there, but she had to get it. If you order something, this is Christmas season coming up, and you order it from Amazon or eBay or whatever, UPS is going to bring it, FedEx might bring it. You might have to sign for it, but how many knows that it's already been paid for if it's coming to your house? You have to pick it up. There's people that have been dropping stuff off because my wife, is, she's already started her shopping. They drop it off and you hear the doorbell, bing dong, and you, know, and you go out there and there's a package. Now, I could just go, well, huh, there's a package. Hmm, I wonder what that is. And just walk away. But it's paid for. Wouldn't it make sense? Have I seen it before? I don't even know what she ordered. <laughs> but I'd have to pick it up. Your healing, what you need is already there. God's already provided for it, but you have to take it. You have to pick it up. You have to believe it. You have to say, God, I receive it. And walk that way. I'm not taking it from God. It's already mine. He's already provided for it. He's already given it. My kids can come to my house. Guess who bought the food? I did. They're not taking my food. I already bought it. Why? With them in mind. So when they came to the house, they can open the fridge and Kim and I have already provided food for them to eat. It is our blessing. I want them to eat it. I want them to take it. If they don't take it, I'm going to think, what's the matter with you? 
Jesus already gave it to you. We are taking it because it's ours. Healing is yours. Financial prosperity is yours. You're just picking it up. You're just picking it up. And the enemy is trying to keep you from what's yours, so don't let him. This is our second thoughts, our last thought for today. So we have to take charge. It's going to take action. It's going to take me and you to use the authority that God has given us to take what is rightfully ours. Your faith needs action to live. The Bible says faith without works is dead. The land that the Israelites were supposed to occupy was already occupied. There were, there were giants in the land. There's, there's all kinds of ites around. If you read it, there's, it's better to say ites than go to Jebusites, Memesites. You know, there's a lot of ites. So, so they had to take it back. They had to take charge of the situation. The enemy is taking your stuff. You know, there's sometimes I've let the enemy get away with stuff. And really, I could give you scripture here where the Bible says when he's found out, he's got to give back seven times. That's awesome. Some of you got some stuff coming. But it's time that we started walking in the authority that God gave us. Started believing exactly what God said. Remember, God has all power and he gave it to Jesus. And then Jesus gave it to us. The authority... The all power is God's, but the authority part, so let me rephrase that. The power is God's, the authority he gave to us. So the power is there by God, and you can exercise that power by the authority given to you to exercise the power. Does that make sense? So in other words, we have to exercise our part. We have to say, you know what, that's mine. I'm not letting him do that. I mean, for the dudes that are in the room, if someone would ever, and heaven forbid, ever break in your house, are you going to be like, Lord, just let them get whatever they want and don't hurt anybody and just let them go away? How many people, I mean, I know your wife's with you right now. (laughs) I talked to a pastor one time. I don't, his wife, he was was a petite, smaller guy and his wife was, was taller. And she said, his name was Jeff. She said, Jeff, I hear something. Go see what it is. And he said, you go, you're bigger. (laughs) You know, I've already told you the story where Zach came and just kind of vultured our bed, you know, looked over. And Kim's like, he's in here. And I was ready. I mean, I was was Bruce Lee and Rambo all in one, man. I'm, I'm ready. So, you know, but, you know, this is, it's, the authority is, the enemy is trespassing. If he's got stuff that's yours, he has done it illegally. Or he's done it legally because you've allowed it. So it's really illegal in a sense. But what I'm saying is, you've allowed him to do that, so take it back. Put the line up. Put the new stakes in the ground and say, look, there's a new sheriff in town. You are not taking any more of my stuff. You're not taking my children. You're not taking my peace. You're not taking my finances. You're not taking my house. You're not taking my grandbabies. You're not taking anything that God has given to me. Stand and take charge. Will it happen if you don't? Will it happen automatically? It doesn't. 
You have to take your stuff back. God is not holding it. He's already released it. The enemy is blocking the way. When I was a kid, we played a game called Red Rover. You ever pray, play that? That's the game where you knock your arms off your shoulders. Red Rover, Red Rover, knock my arm off my shoulder. <laughs> I mean, you get some kid that'd be like, you know, here, run through. And you, you, they pick some kid that looks like a rhinoceros. And, and of course, he's going to run for somebody that's like Mallory or Miss Kim's size. Because <laughs> they're just a little tiny. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what your size is. It matters whose authority you have. Because that little lady, I don't care if you look like Thor. Make my day. That's another reference from Clint Eastwood. <laughs> But she would stand there. It doesn't matter. Come on. The Bible is full of David and Goliath stories. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter what the mountain is in front of you. If it's big. If it's small. God has given you things. Get them back. Take charge and take your authority. He's given you the power to do it. He's given you the authority. Because the enemy is going to question. By whose authority do you do this? I'll tell you whose authority. Because let me tell you, demons don't come out by any other authority. They come out by something that is over them. That's how you get a strong man out. God is the ultimate power and authority. He has already released it to you. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So peace is ours. By faith. Brett, you don't know. I messed up. You know what? God is seeing. He knows that. You don't have to be perfect. There is nobody in here perfect. I'm not perfect and nobody perfect. Jesus was. You don't have to have all your, well, I'm going to come to God as soon as I get my T's crossed and my I's dotted. I'm coming. Sure. We, we, get, we do that or we're, we're hurt and we're offended and then we don't do anything because we're so wounded. But I'm telling you, you've got to start saying, you know what? You know, Popeye used to say, and of course Popeye is not spiritual. But remember that saying, that's all I can stands and I can't stands no more. Have you had enough? Have you had enough? Because literally you deserve what you tolerate. You're going to put up with it. You might as well enjoy the ride because that's what you're putting up with. But if you are saying, you know what? Again, I'm reposting my ground. There's a new stake. There's a new sheriff in town. Here's a new fence line. Bless God. I'm going to do things different. So sometimes, you know, we messed up. Kim and I, we, we, weren't the, we did our best as parents trying to parent our kids. And sometimes we didn't do it right. Sometimes we jumped to the wrong conclusions. You know, I remember spanking my, my one son and thought, oh, man, you're in trouble. I'm going to spank. And then found out the other one had kicked him in the face. You know, I was just blaming the one guy for pounding on him, you know. <laughs> then I found out he kicked me in the face. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> So we didn't do everything right. Sometimes, you know, you know, we, we, we had to make, we had the wonderful thing. We called them family meetings. 
You'd say, we're having a family meeting. The kids would be like, oh, dear God. But we'd have a family meeting and we'd set things right. We'd, in those meetings, we'd discuss where we're going to go on vacation and what we were going to do and, and how things. And sometimes we discussed what mom and I did wrong. Your kids need to know. Sometimes if you can just be open with them and say, look, you know what? We didn't do this right and we're sorry. And we're going to do better. Your kids need to see that. And we embraced each other as a family. And we didn't allow things in our household that, that would be contrary to that. We didn't allow them to, to pick on one another. If we found out about it, they, they had to apologize. And they had to you know, make that up. We, we made that right. Well, it's easy for you to say, no, it wasn't easy. You never had any trouble. Are you kidding? You've never had financial issue. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to be bankrupt because I was there. I've been there before. I know what it's like to be on Medicaid and welfare. I know what it's like when they bring peanut butter and Cheerios and stuff to your house and the neighbors getting the ice cream and all that. Oh, I know what that's like. I know what it's like when you go through the drive-thru and you don't have enough for you to eat, but you have enough that you can give your kids something to eat and you don't tell your kids. Come on. You just act like you're fine. My kids were smart. Uh, that little Mal, she's smart. We went through and we had money, just enough, and I got everybody's, and I had, I had just enough to pay my tithe out of the money that we believed God for and to buy their food. And she said to me, Daddy, you didn't get anything. And I said, Honey, I said, I'm not really, I'm good right now. I'm good. She had just taken a bite out of her cheeseburger. And for Mal, that just meant cheese and ketchup. <laughs> and she had those, those dark little brown eyes and hair. And she goes, you can have my cheeseburger, Dad. My heart was just like, I love you. So I ate all her. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then we had a meeting and I said, Daddy was wrong. I shouldn't have ate your food. No. I gave it to her. She knew. But you're going to have to understand. There's going to be things that you're going to have to walk through it. It's not going to be peaches and cream. It's not going to be all smooth road. And, you know, I beg your pardon. I didn't promise you a rose garden. That kind of says, is that 70s? I don't know. But it's not always going to be easy. But what you're going to have to understand is God snaps the plumb line. And the enemy is going to try to stretch and push and see how firmly you believe that plumb line. And frankly, he'll do whatever you'll let him get away with. And if you give him an inch, that is where that phrase, he'll take a mile. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him anything. Get him out of your house. Get him out of your life. Get him out of your stuff. Get your stuff back. Take charge. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and we're almost finished. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. All the time through Jesus you have victory. Through Jesus, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. You can do everything through Jesus. I can do all things. It is Christ, the risen Savior. In him we live, we move, we have our being. What, where are you being at now? I mean, I've, I've been through some stuff, stupid stuff. You want to know idiot stamps? I could have stamped myself that for a long time. But thank God, I finally get in the picture and say, you know what? I'm not going there no more. Anybody ever feel that way? 
that lesson is too hard. I don't want to go around that mountain anymore. I like the scenery I'm looking at now. And it's much better. God, through Jesus Christ, will help you all the time. But we have to go after the unseen. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. People ask me this. Pastor, I, I got in debt. God, he didn't do it. I did. How am I going to? You know, that's the great thing about God. He knows what you did. Sometimes we've way overextended ourselves or all that. And you're sorry for it. Just ask him. Let him give you ways to get out of that because he wants you blessed. It's much better to pay things off as quick as you can and be done with that. Take your victory. So many times, and I'm closing, the enemy will he'll mess with your brain. He'll mess with your heart. Because out of it, that's issues of life. What's important to you may not be important to somebody else, but to you, it is. So little things mean a lot. I'm going to tell you one story, and we're going to pray. When we moved to come back to start this church, we lived in a house, and my family had been there. I had 16 acres. I had horses. I had the best deer hunting I'd ever seen in my life. I had four deer stands out in the woods. My 16 acres budded up against hundreds of other acres. It was amazing. I mean, I felt like Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett. I was just... It was awesome. I walk out my back door. Where where I want to hunt today? It was amazing. We had a sled uh, uh, for uh, a hill for the kids to sled in the winter, and we just had a ball. We we put a pool in the backyard, above ground pool, so it looked kind of like an in ground pool. We attached it to our deck, and we just spent so much time there. It was wonderful. So God said, "Come back, start this church." I don't want to move. Lord, I don't want to do that. And it was just, you need to do that. And I'm telling you, if it had been an hour or less, we'd have stayed there. But it was an hour and 45 minutes one way. I had a little bit of a commute. And I remember being outside, and I was looking up at the stars. You ever do that? And I said, God. You know, sometimes we ask God silly things that are silly to others. Other times they're not. I didn't ask for him to send 14 sparrows and spell my name out. But I was just, I was at the point, I was breaking, I was crying, but he knew my heart. And I was just saying, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. But I said, I, could you just, he had told me one time in, uh, by a shooting star. And I said, could you just let me know I'm hearing you right? Because I can't uproot my family and take them if if this is just me in the natural and i'm you know i looked up and at the stars and then i mean just as soon as i said that and you might say that's nothing but inside as soon as that happened my spirit was just i felt this peace and like it's going to be all right i got this now you can say that's like doing this Lord, tell me, tell me again. (laughs) I don't want to hear that one. (laughs) 
It wasn't like that. To me, it was just me crying out, and he knew my heart. You know, sometimes, you know, we're not supposed to test the Lord. And it's not like I'm trying to, but it was just my heart was so heavy. I just walked outside. I got these, these beautiful children that were, you know, the church is going to be 13, I think, in February. That were looking at me like, this was the house they grew up in the most. You know, to this day, Maddie says, I love that room. But Kim had made that house such a sanctuary. She had made it so wonderful. And all of the memories we had there, it was like, they're going to believe, listen, me for what they cannot see. Because they know I've heard what I could see in the spirit. And as a family, we, would, we came together and said, you know, we're going to do this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe this morning, 